0: There was nothing else at all in the whole world about football. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Simon here from the Triple F. This is the Triple F show where Simon W and I talk about all things Arsenal and the transfer window. So it's pretty much an Arsenal transfer show. Um, this was recorded about two weeks ago because we've pretty much just been covering all things to do with the Euros. Now that there's a little bit of a break in between, it's given me an opportunity to post this and a bit of a you know a break from all things Euros just to sort of break things up and give you something a little bit different. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. I think um, it might seem a little bit out of date because it was two weeks ago. However, it's still a good chat and still a lot of the stuff is really relevant. So um, yeah, I think it's quite a good a good chat that Simon W and I had. Hope you guys really enjoy it and take care. Thanks again for listening to the Triple F. Bye-bye. I'd like you to just explain about our because I saw that message you sent me. Um, and I've just had a quick look as well. And I can't see any links to our, is it, are you just, are you being a wind up merchant here or is there, is there. There's always, round?
1: there's always a, there's always a, there's Wild link. Apparently he's the next coming. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think, I think that the, the fan base are excited about the lack of money. Apparently that all clubs have. And the fact that his price, according to various media reports, his price has dropped. I don't know whether, I don't know if that's actually, again, we're dealing with, we're dealing with this, this, this swirling of paper bullshit and just, and, and you know, all the social media people weighing in. There's been lots of reports, and I say that in inverted commas, about the price dropping. And if we can get him for around $30 million, there's people who are, you know, jumping up and down on that. Um, I sent it to you because I know that you're absolutely in love with this guy and you think he, he would revolutionize us and have us in the Champions League after the season. I think he is, he could be played next to Pate. He could be played in advance of Partey, and I think those are the two most important positions for us. Is Partey's left-footed cousin? He's going to play next to him to give him a bit more freedom. He's going to sit, and that's not a war. And then is a, war a ten, or does he sit in that sort of number eight role? And are we going to be looking to play a number eight role? And then, of course, we're wrapped up with a whole piece with you know, Odegaard, yes/no; Neves, yes/no; Bissouma, yes/no. And um, yeah, that's going to be that's going to run and run all summer. We're not going to get any quick action here, unfortunately, because the Euros start today. Mm. And that's the reason why I've been a little bit uh, concerned about the lack of activity, even outgoing. So it looks looks as though Jack is going to go, um, probably, probably, probably for what you know he's really worth. I think people were jumping up and down saying twenty five to thirty million. No, I mean, yes, he's an international captain. I'm really, I'm pretty concerned about his leadership qualities walking out the door. Um, Thomas Partey is not that. He's not, we didn't sign him to be that. We signed him to be a player who can lead by example, but Partey is not going to be, you know, slapping people and saying, you know, let's go pick your head out of your ass and stuff like that. He's not going to be that. So I'm concerned about Xhaka going, but he seems like he's the only one that is probably out the door. So I think in terms of the whole transfer piece, there's been a lot said about what we have to do first. And what we have to do first is clear the decks. And I think there's, I think again, June is such a terrible time and July too, in terms of the amount of, the amount of clickbait that media outlets know they can develop by putting Arsenal in front of any story. Yeah. Everything from the appalling football London all the way down to the Metro to all these Instagram posts. Um, We, we don't have the value. I don't think in these players that we think we have. Um, I don't know. We're not, we're not going to get, Ten million for Mavropanos or twenty million for Gündüz. We are going to have. We're going to probably get fifty to seventy-five percent of the value that we think. And we've got to get this business done. Mm. So for me, I'm, I'm, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely waiting to see during the Euros when it's probably easier to just clear the decks. I hope by the time the Euros finished, we've raised at least fifty million, at least yeah. fifty million from sales. But we might not get there because you know we don't have any money and no one has any money. We haven't had fans in stadiums for a year, so mm. I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely in that June um, position of thinking we really should get stuff done. But I don't know I don't know what we I don't know how much money we can raise by people going out the door. That's my mm. that's my uh, moment in June where I'm, I'm just concerned. I wish there wasn't a major tournament because that does obviously get in the way.
0: Mm. But I think once the the Euros are over, I think that's when the Arsenal trigger is going to be released. I would say, saying I think that's. It's annoying that we have to wait that long. Um, but I think I think that's when the business will be done. Uh, I think it will be done quite swiftly after that. Um, and from a lot of the noise I've been hearing as well, and it could just be noise, but um, I'm sure in, in a few sort of press conferences, I might be um, paraphrasing here. But as far as I'm aware, I think Arteta was saying that he wants to get the business done as, as sort of soon as possible. Or it might've just been from sort of other media sources that we need to try and get the business done as soon as possible. Um, there was something that Arteta was alluding to saying that we need to make a change. We need to do something now. And it's quite interesting what that is, whether that's bringing in a whole new squad and just kind of making those wholesale changes or if it's essentially just doing the business early, it might be a number of things. Personally, I hope it's a number of things that they're they're targeting and trying to um, to rectify. But um, yeah, it's quite interesting to to really understand and, and um, just decode what Arteta's trying to get out there. But um, yeah, but I, I think I think just sort of going back to your um, Xhaka kind of statement there, where it's, it's going to be interesting be... who we replace Shaka with. Uh, and and to essentially fill that hole of uh, a leadership uh, quality that we'll need once Jacka goes, because yeah, we can criticise his qualities until the cows come home. That there, there is a lot of deficiencies there. He's not the most mobile. He's not the most agile of players, and he's pretty slow as well. So and that in that itself is you know that, that's an issue. But what he does bring is leadership, and what he does is is a hundred percent every game he plays in. He gives it absolutely everything so that that's one thing we're going to miss but if you believe the links and there have been quite a lot of them Ruben Neves looks to be the guy that that's going to be coming in to replace him I'm more than happy with that I think I think the guy is absolutely an upgrade on on jacket he's also four years his junior as well so that's a fantastic thing um, and I honestly think Neves even brings you even more leadership qualities than what Xhaka does because for, for granite Xhaka, sometimes the line between being a man and being a captain are quite blurred with him. I think Xhaka believes putting your hands around somebody's throat and, uh, you know, showing his masculinity on the line sometimes means telling the fans to F off and whatnot. I don't think Neves will do that. I think Neves knows that just playing the game to the best of the ability and giving it all on the line and shouting and just telling the, the rest of the team what to do and just absolutely... Grilling it into them what they need to do and, and what they need to do in order to win the games. I think that's what, what Neves brings. I'm quite excited. Again, it could just come out to talk, and I'm, I'm worried that um, that it doesn't materialise.
1: So I think in terms of Xhaka, he's 29. He's got a year left on his contract. I don't know two years. I think it's it's time to go. Either we sign him, and we have another large, We have another large contract on the player. Um, that we're looking to struggle to, you know, I hate to say Obama, but we we'll can get to that later. But uh, but we know, we, we have a player that will be shackled to the contract. So it, it is time to go. Um, Neves, I mean, we have to think, we have to think, we have to think of, in, well, in my opinion, Thomas Partey is the jewel in the crown. Yes, we haven't seen enough for him, but we, he is the player that you build a team around. And I will give him, I will give, I can't believe I watched some material online recently where people were going through the entire squad and sell or keep, I think it was the boys at AFTV. And they're like, Partey, like what? why are you even putting him on the list? Why would you even, what? yeah, okay. So I think we're agreed on that. So Partey is the guy you need to build the team around. Partey, for me, his best strength is breaking up play and driving or passing. Mm-hmm. So what we need, I think, next to him, and I, and, I, and I love Nevers, and I think we should buy Nevers, but I don't think that we need another player who wants the freedom to move We need an out and out disciplined sitting midfield, holding midfielder. And that's why I I, the first player I wanted to sign, yes, but he also, yes, but he and Partey are gonna have to really work together and not and not elevate and, and not go forward and then leave spaces. Neves can, but Neves also does drive. If Neves is able to play that role, then yes. The reason I like Basuma, and I don't know about Besuma, I don't know if the club's as high on him as, as we initially thought, is Basuma knows his role and is happy with his role. Is Neves, can Neves be told what to do? Of course he can. But I love I love I love his dead ball work. I love I love the free kicks. I love the passing he can he can put together. He's definitely even a better passer than Jaka. My concern about, and he's 24, my concern about him is that Wolves have a new Portuguese, no shit, Portuguese manager. Who's going to say Neves is a national team st- starter? I want to keep him. That's mm-hmm. why another reason why I'm concerned about uh, about uh, Ancelotti and not Zidane being the boss at Madrid. He'd be insane. He'd be he would be crazy to let Odegaard leave. The same way I I hope that the new guy Bruno whatever he is Bruno Laga Laga uh, I hope yeah. that he is open to letting Neves go. I hope that Neves can, we can, we can sort of get him out of Wolves because I think he'd be fantastic. And in terms of Xhaka's leadership qualities, I mean, Kieran Tierney will be appointed captain, I guarantee it on July 1. I I think, I don't think, I think there's possibly a respect piece um, uh, to do with Aubameyang, but I think Tierney will be appointed captain. He should be. Um, He'll probably have a great Euros. Hopefully everyone is safe and doesn't get injured, but I'm not worried about the leadership part so much, but just, it is time to let Xhaka go. It's a smart decision. I just wish it wasn't the first thing we were doing. I wish we had somebody else signed on the dotted line before we let Jacka go, because we probably have a month now at least thinking, great, we've lost our essentially vice-captain and driver in the midfield who's coming in. And that's the problem with the summer is, you know, you have those moments where you can't you can't buy everybody first and then start to sell. You've got to generate some funds.
0: I think Arteta is trying to drive and I, I believe it's something that he picked up from, from Pep and he's trying to drive this idea of of uh, revolving the squad as much as possible. And I think just having that reliance on squad rotation is quite a big thing for Arteta. And I think Xhaka just isn't happy to play that role. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the, the, the drive to getting out of the club is coming from Xhaka's camp. And I think Jack essentially just just wants to move on, and you know he's not he's not happy at Arsenal anymore. And I think he wants a new challenge. And you know if that's the case, we also have to look at it from a, an Arsenal perspective. Do we want somebody at the club that doesn't want to be here? I don't think I wouldn't want to sort of be happy with that. I think we should should try and move it on if we can as quickly as possible. Would be great.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the slower pace in Italy will suit him well. But this, mm. um, getting back to the point about Arteta, I hope Mikel Arteta really thinks about our schedule for next season and our fixtures. We don't need to do that. We don't need to rotate for the sake of rotating. We just don't. Mm. In, the, in an economic climate like this, it, it's, put, it's actually, that's why I was so incredibly excited on the, in the last five minutes against Leicester when Gareth Bale, bless his the heart, popped up and scored that winner and put, and put the spuds in the conference because we we can trim our squad, squad to 22. And we can offload a lot of non-homegrown players. Um, we, will, we will be in the League Cup. We'll be in the FA Cup. And that's it. And that actually is fabulous. The difference between being seventh and having to pay more and stretch for squad and having the whole coaching staff going to Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan every week and playing Thursday Sunday is massive to us. So Arteta has a really, has a really fabulous moment in his coaching career to start to rebuild Put in some pieces he wants. And he's working with a much, much, much reduced schedule. So I hope he doesn't do that. There's a number of things I hope Mikel Arteta doesn't do. And number one is decide that he's going to just on a whim flip a coin at eight o'clock in the morning and pick his team like that. He doesn't have to. We need to bet in. We need to bet in the Gabriel Saliba if it's going to be that center back partnership. We need to bet in uh, Thomas Partey and whoever. We need to give people like Pepe more time. We need to have, if we don't sign order guard, which I really don't think we will, we need to give people like players like Saka, who I think we will play at 10 at certain points, Saka and Smith, Rowe, time to time to play in those positions. We don't need to rotate. And I think one of the things that, I think, you know, one of the stresses from last season, you and I talked about this was like, is, is the lineup out yet? Okay, what the heck's going on here? Where's Pepe, Pepe going to play nine? Are we going to have a, that ridiculous false nine in the semifinal? This, this rotation for the sake of rotation, and frankly, copying everything that Pep Guardiola does has got to stop. We don't have the playing mm. stuff. We don't have the quality. It didn't work. Doing that in the semifinal against Villarreal was one of the most ridiculous things i would ever seen as a manager, for, for, from a manager and coach, trying a system that they probably practiced on the, on, the, uh, on the training field, the false nine, because Pep played it the night before and that may not be the whole reason but anyway i think the rotation thing needs to stop we don't need to i'd love to see us develop a back four and of course as an arsenal fan you know you say the term back four and my eyes start to get misty we, we need a back four we need a back four that knows how to work together and if it's new right back tierney Saliba, gabriel fine let them play let them learn together let them practice more together um even play them in the league cup and the uh, fa cup we, we're going to find actually that you know next season's the pace is going to be much more enjoyable because this season was was crazy with the with the congested schedule. It's like there was a game every three and a half, four days. Thank goodness we can we, we might, you know, we might actually play a three pm Saturday game. We haven't done that for years. Well, I'm sure we have, but yeah. not, not on a regular basis, you know. So I'm actually very <laughs> excited about next week in terms of in terms of our fixture list. I think it's going to be far more manageable. And again, it takes a lot of excuses out of Arteta's locker. He doesn't have the congested schedule. He he can play the Clan can play people together in combinations which is essential to building team chemistry and building their skill set. I hope we do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, do you have any sort of confidence in Arteta for this season? I know you were, you know, essentially sort of living on that that hill um of of Arteta out. Um but I mean it, whether you want him out or not, I mean, it's irregardless really, the guy's going to be there next season, whether you like it or not. So you have to just kind of stick with him. But I mean, the, the fact that you don't have much of a choice in it, I, can you see any, any faith in it? Is there any, any sort of signs of optimism that, that you can draw from, from Arteta being the manager next season?
1: Um, I, I, I'm still happy to die on the Arteta outhill. I don't think he's up to the quality of want. Um, if If Arsenal Football Club are happy to have a young manager learning on the job, then we've got it. If that's where we are, as a, as a mid-table team, if that's what the Cronkies think is the best way to go, is to have a cheap manager/slash coach and hope that Biles Moses, uh with Pep Guardiola, he's going to develop into a strong coach. Then fine, we do have him. I, I think he'll be given. I think he'll be given until um, end of November, uh, right right before the Christmas period. I hope Edu's on the phone and has a few people lined up. Um, I would like him to do a few things. I would like him as, as he just said. I'd like him to work on combinations. I'd like him to play people who, like, I'd like him to play Gabriel always inside Tierney so that they know and they can develop a chemistry. I'd like to play whoever we get for right back. Obviously, he's going to have saliva or, or holding inside him. Partey needs to look and have a familiar face. Someone, you know, they start to learn each other's mannerisms. Um, I don't, I don't. this this constant passing out from the back, um, it needs to be used in, in a sparing manner, even if we get Andre Onana or Matt Ryan. Leno, I think, will go because Leno is scared of his feet and he really is the problem um, with that. that. But our needs to realise that there is no shame in having the goalkeeper hoof it because it's not necessarily lost possession. There's a feeling that the only progressive way to play is to play out from the back because you keep and you obviously they overload one side. Remember those goals that Aubameyang scored at the end of last season? In fact, the start of the season, the one against Fulham, which was perfect, ball went out to the left to be played out, came back to Leno. Leno put it to the right. It was played around with Bellerin, et cetera, and I think Partey. And then I think, I don't know, I think it was I think it was Bellerin, hit a huge ball to the left side. Aubameyang was on his own, top corner. We can do that, but there ha- it has to be used in the right moment. We have suffered because teams know that we are bad at that, and they play a high press. Mm. and it's it's madness to me I'm, I'm screaming at the tv like don't don't do it just pick hold the ball goalkeeper and hoof it there are times when we we have been we have been made to look foolish because our vulnerabilities are so freaking obvious and our is so stubborn that's one thing and secondly i just hope that he can work on a system let's 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 practice the three five two and then let's practice maybe a four three three and mm-hmm. leave it at that don't don't mess around with false nines on the morning of the semifinal just keep it simple, K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, just have a nice, consistent way to play. And again, upgrading the squad. I think if if he does get the players he wants, I think he's got more chance for success. I am skeptical about that, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But again, I do I want him out. I I don't I don't want him out now. But I think you know if the Krunky family are going to invest, which is it's questionable, if they invest hundred million, then that's his hundred million he's getting in his players. So I think if they invest, we are going to be stuck with Arteta for a longer period. Because from a business point of view, why would you give an outgoing CEO funds to invest and then know that you could potentially fire them? Because they don't don't think like football people. They think purely like business people, which again is one of the larger issues. And I think for them, if they invest in somebody, be it Arteta, and then they allow him to invest in other resources, players, you have to give that time to work. Mm -hmm. But I think the threat of relegation may... uh, they change their mind.
0: Like finding out as much as you can about clubs you've heard of and those you haven't? Then come check out The Magic Of, where we delve as deep as possible into the rich history of weird and wacky clubs all over the world. For me, what gives me a little bit of hope is that if you look at it from December, and I know the season doesn't start in December, I know the season starts in August, but from December, the if you look at the table... And I know it doesn't work like this. I know there's a hell of a lot more games. There's a hell of a lot more variables to factor in. But we would have ended up third had the season started in December. I think that just goes to show you how awful that first half of the season was uh, and how much of of a huge impact that had on our season altogether. That terrible run of games... Um, I obviously it had a lot to do with Arteta himself, but I think there was a lot of mitigating circumstances going on behind the scenes. And I think the fact that Ersel was there, I think Socrates, um, also Mustafi and Kalazanac were there. A lot of people that players that I don't think necessarily were happy behind the scenes, not playing and being on the bench all the time. I think that was going to be unsettling, and I think that's you know I think that had a major impact and a major detriment on the squad, and I think. Since, since they got out, like, as soon as we moved on from that, as soon as we brought in Odegaard, as soon as we started playing as a number 10, that was when an, an upturn was had. And I think, you know, if we are to just sort of follow that that lesson and, and just sort of learn from that and not make the same mistakes, not keep the same uh, poison in the squad, I think it looks quite optimistic for me. And that's where I'm having my hopes on at the moment. Yeah, I
1: blame, I blame Jamie Vardy, that goal against Leicester. <laughs> that game, we, we, should, we, actually, we actually should, we know, again, I think I think another thing to think about, again, I've run all these numbers, is if you look at the VAR, we are minus nine in terms of, we. if you look at the VAR table of how teams fared with the system of VAR. And of course, you know, if you, if you played, if you have a certain standard, if a toe is deemed to be offside according to the rules, then it's offside. OK, so I'm not. But like we were literally minus nine. We had one goal against us overturned, which I think was the first minute against Villa in that home game when we got battered. Mm. Um, after that, it was penalties that got given against us, penalties we didn't get, goals, the number of goals we got taken off. The one I there was one against Wolves to go up 2 nothing. one against Slavia Prague, which we actually managed to. But it just, it just got annoying. The VAR piece was big. Um, I I do, think, I do think we had some poisonous elements in the squad. Um, And again, we have remember we we had a young manager learning in really his first season. Let's not be fooled by the shortened season when COVID hit, and then the FA Cup run after that, because we had Aubameyang, one of the top two or three strikers at that moment in the league, who just got hot. I mean, that FA Cup run, those games against Man City and Chelsea, it was him, and he won that FA Cup, not Mikel Arteta. And I think we all got a little bit ahead of ourselves there. I think that shot of Arteta holding up the FA Cup was very intoxicating for us, and we thought, "Hey, here we go." This, is... and unfortunately, it, it really wasn't him. And the, one of the things for me that was a little bit concerning for him, for me, for the club, is that the moment Aubameyang stopped scoring, he didn't, and we didn't have a plan B. We just didn't. And no. if we, if we look at again, it's such, it is such small margins. If we hadn't, if we hadn't had the double, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The double done over us by Aston Villa, Wolves, and Everton. That is six games, six games that we threw away. If we hadn't had, if we could have two of those games back, we could well have been in the Champions League. Mm. But again, it's all ifs and buts, and every team has that. My my friend, the Tottenham fan, was saying the same. If they hadn't dropped X or Y game, they would have been in the Champions League. I'm like, yeah, everyone has those stories. So yeah, I do feel a little bit better about how the season could go, but I still don't think Arteta's the man. And I would love to be proved wrong. I'm happy to be proved wrong, but has he had enough time? Yes, he has. And to say that last season was a difficult season because of the, the uh, picture congestion, yes, it was, Mikel. It was for everybody. But the fact that we would get the team li- we'd get the team list an hour for the game, and frankly had no idea what sort of formation he was going to play, was concerning. We, we, mm-hmm. It should be obvious what we're going to do. And it should be obvious that is going to play either left or right. It should be obvious. Is Saka going to play left back? Is he going to play right wing? Are we going to play a false nine? Are we going to have a nine? Is Martinelli ever going to play? Questions like that. It's all a bit mm-hmm. random. And yes, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks and people who think that they know more. And I'm sure we both fall into that category. But for the love of God, it's not that difficult. It's really not. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an 11-person game, 11-man game. It's a very simple game that's only complicated by coaches. And I think Arteta, Arteta is guilty of making this game far, far too complicated without the playing staff. Mm. We don't have the fullbacks that Man City have. As soon as the ball goes up, they pull in. We, we don't have that. We don't have the level of player and I think the intelligence of player um, to make that work. And I wish he would stop trying to be Pep Guardiola.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think we're in the same boat in terms of... How long we give our tetra I, I think we're going to have to give him up, up until December. And if things are, you know, where we were last season, if we're starting to see the same mistakes appear, if we're starting to see us in seventeenth again, then you know, it's it's we have to let go. And this is something that I really hope KSE and the board they learn on the Unai Emery mistake because I think just allowing it to drag on, there were so many games where the trigger should have been pulled, and we let it. Just drag on for far too long, and uh, I'm hoping that that isn't going to be the case again with Arteta. If
1: but but you mean you mean Unai Emery, Europa League cup winner?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the guy belongs in Spain. The guy belongs in Spain. He's um he's a genius. I've got a severe friend that comes onto the pod quite a few times, and you know his idea of Unai Emery is completely different to ours. My friend, the guy is uh, the guy's G- Johan Krauf. Cru- Cru- in his in his opinion, so it's um yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think um and honestly, anybody being the manager after Arsene Wenger was never going to work. I mean, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk to Bruce Rihok. It's Bruce David Rihok.
0: Moyes all over again, really, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I mean, Bruce Rio. I mean, he signed burkham He changed the direction of the club after George Graham, but it was never going to work. You just no. want someone who's a stopgap. Yeah, you're right, David Moyes. Yeah, I mean, poor guy. I mean, he's definitely found a home in East London now. I mean, he? he's they, mm. they, they, the, the, the whole West Ham collapse. I feel so bad for them, but I'm <laughs> sure I should. Um, no. So let's talk about transfers, though. Let's see about let's let's get in. Do you want to get into the weeds here a little bit and see who might come and who might not?
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Because I think that's the thing with with Arteta, obviously. Um, you know, whether we want him in or not. I mean, I personally didn't want him to begin with. I wanted Eric Ten Hag, although he wasn't linked. Um, But with with the four guys that were linked, I think Pochettino was one of them. I would have much happier have preferred Poch. But, But yeah, Arteta's the guy. And I suppose what will make his job easier and what will make fans a lot happier is if the guy's given better tools. Uh, and so, yeah, let, let's go yeah. through the transfers and let's go through the ones that are linked uh, for sort of coming in. Let's start with the goalkeeper. And I think you brought up a really good um, point about Onana um, and and that's sort of just being good with his feet. And I think that's something that we we don't have with Leno. Um, and what's also good, like you said as well, sometimes you just need to hoof it long. I think hoofing it long is, is very much important. But if we can do that almost similar to what Edison does is to do it with precision. Then I think that's, that's also a great tool. And I think what Onana does is exactly that the guy is, is, is excellent with his feet. And, um, and he sometimes, he often goes long as well, but he finds his man. And I think that's something that we would, could really benefit from. And the guy is solid as well. He's a unit. And um, he's a brilliant shot stopper. So I think he is levels above what we have with Leno and I'm more than happy to see him come in. I think um, what kind of more or less sort of uh, epitomises how good Onana is, is that Schneider came out uh, in an article not long ago and said that Onana should be looking to go to, to Barcelona and Real Madrid because he's that good and um, He's, yes, he's, he he, If I, he goes I, to Arsenal, he's, he's essentially stepping down. And I'm not too sure I was too too happy with Overmars saying that. But, um, oh, no, sorry, it wasn't Overmars. It was uh, Leslie Snyder saying that. I wasn't too happy with him saying that. But um, he's, he's kind of got a point. Well,
1: he, he, is a, he is a massively declining asset. Um, they do not want him on the books. He is not wanted at all. The ban has been embarrassing to the club. Um, I was reading a report, a translated report from Dutch, and I'm sure that you have some perspective being where you are. But Anan um, is fabulous with his feet. He's vocal. He's a great shot stopper. Doesn't catch the ball as much as I would like, but that's, that's the way goalkeeping is today. Um, we have to think about Leno, though. I'm not sure that Leno's market, as we talked about before, I don't know if we can get as much for Leno as we think we can. I would like to just, I would like Leno to go for 15. That's probably low. That is low. I'd like Leno to go. I'd like us to sign Ryan to maybe a two-year deal, and then go get Onana. But this is the thing that's kind of bothering me at this moment in June is that the band's been reduced. He he's interested. We're interested. Just pull the trigger, Arsenal. Don't try to don't try to nickel and dime. And try to get it for a million a million and a half less just pay it pay what they want
0: and the thing is sorry done. as well like he's not going to be in the euro so like why can't we get nice. that business done yeah
1: yeah i mean there's always a concern i mean i've heard a lot of concern about the africa cup of nations if we have Pasuma um and we have Parte and onana but you know what clubs deal with it we just need to deal with it it's mm-hmm. okay it'll be it'll be three weeks and we will have matt ryan um but let's just go get onana I mean the fact that his ban was reduced is fantastic. Um, it does increase the value slightly. I'd have been fine getting him if he couldn't play until February, but now actually he can train on September the third, and then he'll be able to have eight weeks of training, and then we can have him in goal on in early November. But let's just go and get him, Eddie. What I don't know what you're doing, mate, but just go get him. Um, but I do think we should. I do think we should sign Ryan to a two two year mm. deal and, yeah. see, and see how he is and let Matt Ryan know that he's going to play. He'll play August, September, October, and then it'll be open season. And hopefully, he doesn't get injured because that boy Runnison looks like a, a cat on ice skates. I'm not quite sure I want him. He's. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. They're less said about. You should Runnison. never have to they're play. play
1: football. Football. Yeah. You'd never mm. have to play. You'd never be relying on the goalkeeper. But we do have, what's his name? Henry O'Conwell. Yeah. Conwell, who is yeah. our, our captain goalkeeper. He looks quite sharp. I like him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I is, think goalkeeping,
1: I mean, it's. The business is there to do with goalkeeping. I just wish we could get at least one position now down. Cuz it just adds another thing to Edu's to-do list. I'm not quite sure when he's going to get started on his to-do list, but now would be a really good time. Like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, subscribe
0: to me. Another position on the to-do list is left back. And this is where I was saying I, I, I kind of tinkered with your your list a little bit because uh, you've got here Matty Cash. Um, I don't think there are any links to Matty Cash. I'd love there to be links to him. I just don't really see that um, as being a, a sort of... Logical one, just because will, will Matt Cash be happy to to play second field or to to Kieran Tierney? I don't think he will. This is where I think the the real links are are more to this Josh Doig from Hibernian. I think he's the one that we're looking to bring in, and I think five million apparently is the the sort of asking price. Um, the, the, the only issue with Josh Stoig as well is almost similar to Matty Cash. I mean, how happy will, because I think he's 20 years old, this Josh Stoig. I don't know how happy he will be to, to play second fiddle again behind Kieran Tierney. So it's um, it's an interesting one. But one thing that Kieran Tierney does give you is opportunities because the guy's injured a hell of a lot. So um, maybe maybe they have to sort of factor that in as well.
1: Yeah, and we also have Cedric. I'm not quite sure what Cedric Suarez has done wrong.
0: Mm. I really don't. He's is he? A great, is, I he he's a, is he an ample probably, left back though? Mm. Probably
1: not. But um, yeah, I think your point about uh, sitting behind, you know, future captain Kieran Tierney, who plays about 60% of the games, I think anyone could be persuaded and say, "Have you seen how Kieran uh, doesn't really doesn't really play as much as we like?" No, I think Doig is a good is a good shout. I put Matt Cash just because I like him and I did see some links. I think Doig would be, I think in terms of the way that our club does business, I think Doig is a far more sensible addition to that list. So yeah, mm. I don't think Cash is probably a goer. Um, so right back. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Um, Matt, Matt oh, what's his name? Aaron's. Max Aaron's is, is obviously the media's choice. I think a lot of clubs will be going for him. This guy, Selleck. Um, I think he is from Lille. I love yeah. how Lille do their business. Lille, my, my, my other club, If I'm allowed another European club at Dortmund, and I love how, because I love how they're run. I think Mikel Zorc does a fabulous job and I got a book that he wrote that uh, is wonderful. And I think that Louis Campos, who's about to go to Real Madrid, the way he's run Lille is exactly the same. And they've just popped up and beaten PSG, which is just fantastic. This guy Mm. Selig is a classic Louis Campos player. Rather like the way Wenger used to develop players. I think for him, for us to get him, I wish we'd already made a bid. and I wish there was more sort of real value in this in this link. But I would I prefer to get this guy Selig over Aaron's. I think the English player extra bonus, the extra 20-30% is going to be in play with Aarons. But both nice players. Very happy to have them.
0: Because I
1: think again, we gotta think about why we think we need a right back. There's a lot of talk about PSG and Bellerin and it's all just it's all just talk paper talk. And he mm. he needs to he needs to go because he does not want to be with us. He's probably upset about the lack of European football. He's been a long time. He's got to go. And are we going to be able to buy anyone before he goes? Hmm. Back to our friends, back to our friends up here in Denver. Are they going to put, are they actually going to invest any money? Or are they just going to try, just going to say that and then wait for us to raise money from player sales? Fortunately, Hmm. I don't believe, I said at the time, I don't believe a word. I don't believe a word if we're going to invest. I just don't.
0: I mean, the last time they said, be excited, we did bring in Nicola Pepe. And I know 70 million on one player, I think that was the issue. We, we should have spread out the uh, the amount of money for, for squad depth. We should have mm-hmm. laid that payment out to, to several players at the time. And I think that was an issue itself because we didn't need Nicola Pepe at that time. And that's where the issue is. For me, it's not necessarily how much it's... it's um, how we spend the money. And I think that's what we need to, to be careful with. And um, I think... And we're also we're also
1: still paying for Nicola Pepe. That was, yeah. not, that yeah. was not a cheque that we wrote. We're probably paying 15 to 20 a year for him mm. until it's paid off. And so that, and that was another piece with the Buendia piece that I have it on very good authority that we, we were paying, we were happy to pay up to 35 million, but over three to four years. Mm. And Norwich had just come up. They're like, no, 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 no. We, need, we need money now. So, the reason why we missed out, and again, who knows how serious we were, but the reasons why we missed out the reason is because we did not want to give them a check, and Aston Villa gave them all the money in one go. I hope that we don't lose more players because of that. And again, mm-hmm. that depends on the cronkies. That depends on the cronkies. If they are not willing to underwrite the outlay for players, and everything has to be run in this sustainable model, yeah, trouble ahead.
0: How um, disconcerting is it seeing the links to Pissouma sort of go down and dissipate?
1: Well, I've heard a lot that, I've heard a lot. Again, again, when I say I've heard, again, it's tough to not get drawn into this, but it's this June, this cauldron of bullshit between social media and YouTube and Sky News understands all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot that he is not our first choice. That would be classically the uh, Arsenal to just downplay, and then suddenly, bam! He's holding a shirt. Mm. Again, he plays for Mali. He's not going to the Euros. Let's go. Um, mm. I think. I think perhaps we're just trying to downplay him and trying to have the price drop. Typical Arsenal again. You know, I know that if you're buying a house, you obviously offer five to ten below. But the market has changed now. Clubs are clubs are desperate for money. If you want to, if you want to secure a player. You've got to pay what the club wants. We've been proven time and time again, this penny pinching. It looks great. It sounds like it's the way to go. It probably is at certain times, but we are going to lose more players unless if they want 30 million for them, just pay them. Yeah. Play with just, just go, go get them. Go get them. They're, neither one of these guys are going to be playing in the next five weeks. Go get them. They're agents. I'm sure they have agents who have players in the Euros. Edu, get her done.
0: Yeah yeah it's uh it's worrying uh, and it reminds me of a a sort of classic um issue we had back with i don't know if you remember this but with mark schwarzer um i think the guy was pretty much available for about 4 million uh we needed we desperately needed a, a an experienced premier league goalkeeper at the time because i think it was when um Chesney was just sort of coming through um uh, yeah, absolutely. So we needed to replace Almunia. Almunia just wasn't the guy, and uh, yeah, for some reason we just weren't willing to pay the. the I think it was four point five million, and we only offered four million. It's like, oh, come on, man! Sorry, just, it, yeah. Like, what are you doing? And oh, the, it worries me. We're, we're just going to see that every summer transfer window when KSE are in charge. We just got to bear with it. I'm afraid. And you know, yeah. and now
1: you know, we we think back. We think back to the abuse that Arsene Wenger took dithering with transfers and it wasn't him no. the one the one piece of the one piece of optimism that i really do have here is the hiring of richard garlic who worked for the premier league who actually ran west brom which doesn't sound like a huge endorsement but he is now essentially our director of football because edu is really the technical director um edu's the one who works on the, the playing style and works with the manager and tries to get everything going from the first team down to the U23s, down to the, you know, under nines. Um, but Richard Garlick is a guy, I think he, he there's always a guy I wanted at ask who can pull the trigger. I thought it was Hus Femi who left and wasn't really the guy. I thought it was Sun Leahy and he made himself very wealthy through taking backhanders, I'm pretty sure, with the Pepe deal. But I just want someone who's going to be that decisive contract, agreement working with clubs has a strong rolodex on his desk with all the big european clubs and has contacts richard garlick should be the man and I, I, I i'm happy that he's in charge i was really hoping that by the time we hit the euros we'd have had at least one player signed and at least three gone so i don't know but i'm holding out hope for richard garlick to be a, a changing of the guard in terms of getting our business done and getting it done decisively
0: yeah yeah no i i've got big hopes for garlick as well i think he's just, just that appointment alone, just the fact that somebody's coming in, in that kind of role, that that yeah. gives me a lot of hope, and I think Absolutely. that's, you know, that's something that should essentially work. But you know, as as a lot of things happen with Arsenal, they don't tend to. So yeah.
1: What about, so what about this guy, Sander Berg from uh, Sheffield United? I wasn't very impressed when we played against him. Functional, okay.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen some sort of pretty footwork videos of him on YouTube um, yeah I mean I wouldn't be massively hyped if we were to bring him in but at the same time if we are sort of bringing in that kind of profile because I think he tends to sit deep a bit more um, and and that's the, the kind of player that we need like you say we need an anchor for for Partey and that's where I believe I was looking as well because I'm pretty sure I've seen him with with Neves, he gives you um, defensive qualities a lot better than than what Xhaka does. I think mm-hmm. his defensive stats are really good. So I think he will, if he is to be brought in, he will sit deeper and he will be that foil for Partey to push further up the pitch and and to to do his thing. Um, so for me, I'm. Um, I think this has only sort of happened a couple of weeks ago because there were pretty much no links to, to Neves at all. And it's really just sort of emerged in the last couple of weeks. But now, since those links have emerged, I, I, Neves is my guy. I really think Neves is, is the best one. I've I've, I've jumped off the ALWA train and I'm now on the Neves train. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's where we should be directing our, our uh, energy at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be great. I think the Berg thing is great, but not, the amount that they're holding out for allegedly is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Sumer's out there for, I put 20 here, but if the Sumer's out there for 35 million, 30 million, and Berg, they, they, they sort of want the same price, I'm like, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. But I get it. Shefford United know they have their parachute payment. They've got an asset they know clubs want. If they can have their, I don't know what the parachute payment is now, probably at least 50 million, um, and they want to add Berg's price to that so they can pop straight back up.
0: Check out Under the Floodlights, where guests come on to talk about their favourite players or managers. We have episodes looking back in history and shows also focusing on those playing the game right now. It could be your choice of player that goes under the floodlights.
1: I think our midfield, so one more thing to think about here. This is a big question. I know we're going through this really about transfers in. But let's talk about the elephant in the room here, lovely old Joey Willock. What are we going to do with Joe
0: Willock? Great question. What are we
1: going to So I think there's two questions here. What do you want to do? And what do you think we will do?
0: I want to sell Joe Willock. I think we'll keep him. I want to sell him because I don't think he's quite the right profile for Arsenal. I just don't think he's quite the right profile for Arteta either. Um, I think he's more of a number 10. I think he's more, he's very similar to Aaron Ramsey. We just don't play in that way. Um, And I think with, with Willock, he is, he was perfect for Newcastle. And I think Newcastle is his level. I don't think Joe Willock is of the level of uh, a team that's trying to break into the Champions League. I call it delusion. I know it is, but (laughs) we, we need to, that's where we need to be as Arsenal football club. And I just don't think with Newcastle, um, Sorry, I just don't think with Willock, that's that's where we're going to be with him. Um, and as well, I think uh, uh, if you think about it, the the sort of number tens that we had last season are Emil Smith Rowe and Martin Odegaard. Joe Willock is number three on that list every time. Joe Willock is behind those him, two.
1: I'd actually even put him at four because I do. I think I think. I think the, Paris, I, I think the Saka is a number yeah. ten in as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, the uh, thing about-
1: Think about Willick is I have to agree with you. I think, and I'm I there's obviously a couple of examples here that are very, very easy to trot out. Um, oh Mainsley, we could have sold Mainsley for 30 million last year to Wolves and we didn't. Just wasted a lot of money. That really was one where I think that the value was 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 incredibly high at the moment. And I'm tired of but I was I'm also tired of people talking about Emmy Martinez. Oh we should have kept him and sold Leno. Well Leno, there were no offers for Leno. Leno wasn't, no one was breaking our door down to pay money for Leno. So we sold the man at the right time. That was, I think, well done. And I know that Villa had a decent season and good. they beat us twice. But I wouldn't say that that was a huge mistake. We got the money in, which was important. Willick, I, don't, I agree with you. I, I think his level is, is, is Newcastle. And I think it's very easy to be intoxicated by what, seven goals in eight games or it was. But he does. He plays like Aaron Ramsey. And Partey is the jewel in the crown. Partey is the one to win the ball and move it, and then get back in his spot. We need someone to sit next to him to allow Partey to do that. Okay, so we do need that holding midfield player. To not cash in on Willock, you know, it could be quote, you know, like a new signing. Where the heck is he going to play?
0: And if we if we keep
1: him, if we keep him and say, well, maybe he can come off the bench and do what he did for Newcastle, that's not worth 30 million. No, it's just not. That's just not. That's Mm -hmm. where we have Martinelli. That's where we have a Pepe. That's where we have whoever isn't Balogun. Willick has got to go. And I hope that we are not going to just have our eyes, you know, all rosy tinted about his mm. – and he did a fabulous job. And he's Aaron Ramsey. And Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey popped up. It was very, very tempting to, to give him a new contract because he pops up and has goals from midfield, that box-to-box player. We don't have a box-to-box player. If, it's going, if we're going to have someone who plays a bit like that, it's Partey. So I think willick has got to go, and I, but what do I think we're going to do? <laughs> we're not going to sell him. We're not. We're just not going to sell him because you know he 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 has. I think he's turned the heads of Arteta and Edu. Um, I think we are probably if we think about selling him, I think we're gonna we're gonna price ourselves out of the market. I think we may say to Newcastle, it's got to be thirty five million, and they'll offer thirty. And we'll say no. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to keep him. I hope we don't.
0: Mm. I mean, if we do keep him, it's just more sort of boo for him, really, because he, he will be, you know, third and the pecking order, he'll be on the bench a lot of the time. I think when when we try to bring him in and play the role of a number eight or even a number 10, which I'm not too sure Arteta is trying to do, I think we're, we're uh, going forward with Arteta, I think we'll more or less see... A bit more of a, a 4 three, 3 and that sort of midfield three will be more of a, a sort of flat midfield in the sense, um, where you'll see sort of three almost a number six and then two eights, a little yeah. bit like Liverpool did. And I think that's that's where we're going to be going. And then you'll also have the option of perhaps having two number eights or two number sixes and then a number 10. Um, and either of those, Willock just can't play in that, in my opinion. So I think, um what Willock needs to play in is a four-four-two system, um, and like you say, it, it, the the best to get out of Joe Willock is when you play that four-four-two and just bring him off the bench, and he'll he'll nick a winner. And I think that's why he did so well at Newcastle. And like you say, if we can get thirty million from now, we need to capitalise on that. Um, and like you say, don't faff around accepting and trying to expect thirty-five million because we're not going to get that. Thirty million is an absolute steal. Uh, for Joe Willick. So we need to we need to be careful with that and we need to take in what we can.
1: Yeah Joe Willick needs to be converted into either Neves or Basuma.
0: Mm. We'll
1: do that by selling quickly and moving. I was just looking actually at the rest of the midfield. I was looking at El Nani. El has he's in his last year's contract. We keep him, we let him run down. That's fine. Thanks for your time. It's been awesome. But uh, I think Mo has a Mo has an important role in case Partey ever gets injured just to sit. And talk about talk about a player who knows his role and is quite happy just to sit and play, you know, crossfield passes and five yard passes behind him. I think he's 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 the perfect player in the right in the right moment. Mm, All right, absolutely. so there's our midfield. What about up top? Who do we need up top? What are we gonna do with Lacquer? What are we gonna do with Lacquer?
0: Um I I mean at the start of the summer transfer window, I was under the impression that we were gonna come loose. But I don't think that's the case now. I really think we're going to keep him. Um, I don't know whether we're going to extend his contract.
1: I've heard that we've offered... Well, there was stories around that we were offering a one-year extension, mm. um, which will make it a two-year deal. I don't think he will take it because I think he, he'll be able to find a two-year extension or a two or a three-year deal from someone else. Mm. There is someone else willing to pay him to play and as a 29, 30 year old, you start to look at the end of your career and it's all about length of contract. Look at William. Look at look at we got him because we offered him one more year than Chelsea and other clubs. We got him because he wanted security. Lac is going to be exactly the same. A lot of links with Atletico Madrid. I don't see it. That it strikes me as a step backwards for them. They've just won La Liga. They play relatively fast in terms of the rest of La Liga. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think he's in a strong position. I think he's going to have other offers and his, his, his agent knows it. I don't know why he would sign on for one more year, but I would like you, I'd actually like him to, I don't think we get a huge amount for him. If we look at, I don't know what transfer market has, has uh, the, the website there has on his value. It's probably no more than 15 or 16 million right now. Mm. But maybe that's enough. Maybe we can translate that to someone else. Remember, remember that, remember his role, uh, the boxing day gaming as Chelsea when we brought in Martinelli and played Saka and played Smithrow at 10. Remember yeah. his role of taking those kids through the winter, and mentoring them, and dropping off and receiving the ball back to goal, laying it off, having the, having people, players run off him, which Aubameyang just cannot do. Very important role. Do we still need him to
0: do that? Yeah, yeah possibly, possibly. I mean, whether we we keep him or sell him, I still think we we desperately need uh, a new striker in there. We need somebody that's clinical, um, and yeah. for me it's never going to happen, but my dream signing would be Andre Silva. I think the yeah. guy is is the next big thing. Um, but I can see him going to the likes of City. I think he would be the perfect kind of profile for, for Man City to replace Aguero. Um, yeah. But I mean, if we could, ah, absolute dreamland. But again, like I said, I'm dreaming with that one. But if we perhaps being a bit more um, realistic, this, this guy, Alexander Isak, um for Real Sociedad I like the look of him um he fits the bill I think that's what we need we need that sort of big target and I hate to bring up his name because we've moved on from it but almost Giroudy that kind of type of player a big man um that can play up front can link up play but can also put the ball away um perhaps Giroud didn't do that at times (laughs) Giroud would uh miss a lot of Goals that you would, or, or sort of shots that you would expect him to put away, but I think that's what we need. We need a striker that can really sort of muscle his way up front and into the six-yard box. Uh, and I think Isak fits that profile. So I'd, I'd be more than happy if we were, if if the um, links are to be believed. Uh, apparently, Edu's really keen on Isak. I'd yeah, I'd be quite happy. It seems, with that
1: guy. it seems like a massive amount of money if if any of the figures are to be believe, to believed. Hmm. i are looking at 50, 60 million and I'm just yeah. concerned again about our, our lack of ability so far to move players on the level, of de- the level of value we can get for those players combined with all quiet on the Western front from the Kronke family. Hmm. But again, you know, if you're doing business, if you're a company like that, and you're, you're, in, you're in an open market, you don't suddenly say, oh yeah, we're going to invest 150 million. So I understand that. They're very shrewd people. But it would be nice to have a sense that we are moving forward. But yeah, I think Silva would be fantastic. He's great. He's like a sort of he's like a sort of um, Ibrahimovic-style player. He's yeah. got he's long, he's rangy, he's aggressive, he's tall. Um, this link to Dembele, which we had a few weeks ago. I mean, I think his 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 uh, star is fading.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: someone that I think he's at atletico. No, he's he's owned by Leon still, but he was atletico. He barely played atletico. Yeah. He's not someone I think who, who's really on the rise. He would be a very much a sort of a lacquer replacement, just a couple of years younger. Um, other than that, I mean, if you look at who we have, who we have here, I mean, Aubameyang is gonna is gonna play significantly better. That's a given for me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about him. Malaria uh, gonna, free. Well, malaria free. Did his mother die, or did she? Did was she just sick? Or was she just sick? Uh, I
0: think she was sick. Yeah.
1: He had a horrible time with that. Got it malaria. was
0: Saliba's mum oh. that died.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. I think Aubameyang is going to play significantly better. Lacazette is going to be, Lacazette. I hope, I think we're going to keep lacquer if he wants to stay and then obviously we'll get Bal again. But we do need one extra striker. We do need, we do need an established or just below established with potential striker and that's going to cost a heck of a lot of money. That's going to cost us 40, 50 million. And so I hope that if the uh, Kronke family really say that they're going to invest, that they know what it's going to take they have they have to put in 100 million of their own money, minimum, mm. and it's not going to happen overnight. And I think uh, hopefully the I mean I here's the thing you know most of the players we're going for here. If we look at Selic, is he Turkish? Yes, from. yeah, he's,
0: he's going to play gone. tonight.
1: Yeah, he is. I'm, yeah, that's right. That's right. People like Basuma and Onana not involved in the Euros, just go get them. Mm. Neves is one who I want to have a very average tournament. Um so the value (laughs) plays reasonable. If Never scores six goals and is that driving force and Portugal win it, then you imagine. Yeah, that that that's that's not gonna happen. But no, I think our squad, I mean, again, I'm only a little bit negative now because I want to see action after the season that we had. If the Cronkies have any have any sense of the fan base, then they really should have got moving and done something. just spent the money, knowing that the money is going to come back. Mm. Trust me, they are worth significantly more money. But you know, then again, you know the Colorado Avalanche are in the playoffs for the hockey, so they're probably more excited about that right now. They're playing home games up in Denver, and they've got crowds in, um, and so they're probably and the Denver Nuggets, the other team they win, are about to lose, but they're in the conference semifinals. So there's a lot of things happening in Kroenke world. We are not, as we know, the priority.
0: Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is just me essentially going to get burnt again, but I do have hope. I do have hope with this transfer window. I do think we are going to spend money. Um, I think we're going to bring in at least five to six players. I really do. Um, But like I said, I've been burnt so many times with this. So I really have to take it with a big pinch of salt. Um, But what gives me the hope is the fact that Arteta has come out in a lot of interviews saying that he wants... To, to spend big and he, he needs to spend big and, and that KSE are backing him. Um, he said that in, in quite a few press conferences, so that gives me hope. Also, Josh himself has come out and said that, you know, we're going to back you guys and we're going to invest. Um, it could just be false empty promises. It could easily be that, but you know, when they tend to sort of make that noise. Whether it's done in the right way, it probably hasn't been done in the past. It definitely hasn't been done in the past. That's where we are, where we are. But maybe now with a bit of a different sort of direction that we're going in with the likes of Edu and Arteta and then Garlic as well, as we mentioned before, it kind of gives me hope that, you know, it's got to, it's got to be an improvement. It's got to be better. It can't get much worse than it has been in the last... 10 years or so, this has to improve. And I think it will. Uh, I think, you know, we've hit our rock bottom. I think yes. 17th last season was our rock bottom. And I think, you know, I'm quite optimistic that we're going we're gonna to head back up the table this year.
1: I think another thing to think about is, you know, these names, these names have been generated by the media, mm-hmm. which means these names have been generated presumably by agents who want some activity, and you know, is Ruben Neves really wanting to leave Leeds? Uh, leave, leave Wolves with the new Portuguese coach, the ex-Benfica coach coming in? Does he really want that, or is the man, or is the agent trying to drive up demand and interest and in trying to get the new manager to sign into an extension for higher wages? We have to be very, very careful about mm. about how we think about that. Now the same for Besuma. Same, obviously Berg is one where they want to recoup money. So I think all these names, we've got to be very careful. I mean, I've fallen into it too. We may, we may not sign any of these players. And I think we have to be, we have to trust in people like Garlic, people like Eddie. We have to trust that we are going to do the right thing. and We are going to upgrade. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, we may not, ne- we may never see Basuma. We may never see Erens or Selleck uh, or Berg or any or Nevers. We just may not. There may be a player, and I quite, I, I would quite like there to be a player who's bubbling underneath. Like you know, the guy there was there were a the bunch a bunch of other players have been have been mentioned in the last few weeks quite a few quite a few. These names keep servicing, but let's not be naive to think that they're servicing because they're genuine links. They're servicing because agents are feeding social media outlets and they're feeding newspapers. Say, hey, here's an exclusive. And of course, it's a business. It wants clicks. It wants advertising. It runs with it. Mm-hmm. So just know that that the way that media machine works, and because of the number, I mean, if you look on Instagram, there's probably 400 Arsenal type accounts and they're all like some of them are three or four days late yeah like really where did you get your story from wait well, you got it from mm-hmm. four other people so just know that we may not sign any of these guys but the things that i really want to have happen that are, are really in our control is getting our squad down let's get rid of grandozzi and willian and i saw a story today about in Ketier, if we if we sign into a one-year deal that only means that we're making it then two years out and we're protecting his value but people like kolasinac Let's get rid of Maverick Panos. Let's get rid of Reese Nelson. Let's get rid of mm. Ronason. And if Mainsley is going to be so obnoxious in the media and start to talk about the club, he needs to go. Yeah. But he also has a little bit of, I can understand it. He should have been let go last summer. Mm. And we would have had yeah. another million for Wolves and maybe Wolves wouldn't have done the double because Angel Mainsley would have given away a penalty for us or something
0: like that. Mm. <laughs> I, just going back to your transfer links um, sort of theory as well, because... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the, the Neves links came about because uh, Roma wanted to sort of generate the, the Granite Xhaka interest just to sort of create that leeway so that they could bring him in. Um, would not surprise me at all. And, and I completely agree. I think the, the agent world and the media world are completely hand in hand. Uh, and it's something that we have to be very careful of. Well, if you're an agent
1: who's getting 10 to 15%, you want there to be a new contract you're basically generating money for your own pocket it's a very flawed system but uh it is what it is cool man
0: excellent Perfect. all right thanks again bro and uh later. catch you later cheers mate. We'll Bye. Cheers, Bye. thank you so much for listening to the triple f if you could please drop a like on our facebook page subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on twitter that would be massively appreciated Hope you're all keeping safe and thanks again for listening to the Triple F.